Welcome everyone to the Grinded Podcast. Nipsey Hussle is going to bring us in just a little bit with Grinding All My Life. All my life, been grinding all my life. Sacrifice, hustle paid the price. Want a slice, got the roll of dice, that's why. All my life, I've been grinding all my life. Uh. It's time to hit this rail we call life and grind it. Welcome to the Grinded Podcast. Today is Thursday while I'm recording this. Tomorrow is Good Friday. It is the day that Jesus Christ died on the cross for our sins. Tonight he is betrayed. He's having a meal with his disciples. Judas goes out, sells him for 30 pieces of silver, uh, brings the little army uh, militia with him to the garden. They arrest Jesus and they bring him in for a a pathetic uh, uh, trial, if you will, and and so Jesus dies on the cross tomorrow. At, uh, I believe it's at 3 o'clock. He hangs on the cross from 9 till 3, six hours. And then they have to get him in the tomb before 6 o'clock because uh, um, the Sabbath day begins and you, you can't work on the Sabbath. So they got to get him in that tomb. And he's going to lay in that tomb for three days, which would be Sunday. And he comes out of that tomb on Sunday morning when Mary walks to that tomb to pay respect or put spices on the body of Jesus. The, the body's gone and she has a conversation with two angels and she's so tore up because the tomb is open and the body's gone yet the grave clothes are laying there but she doesn't even acknowledge that she doesn't even acknowledge that she's talking with two angels from god and they're having this conversation with her she just turns from the angels and starts talking to a man who she thinks is the gardener and it turns out to be jesus himself and she didn't even recognize jesus until he called her by her name and she he says mary and she just falls at his feet and grabs his legs and he says you know don't cling to me i hadn't sent it to my father yet you know but you go tell the others that i'm alive it's me and here here we go this thing's happening and 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 so I just want to start off the podcast today saying if, if, if you have never experienced the resurrection of Jesus Christ, if, if he has never been alive in your heart, if you have never given your life to Jesus Christ, today is a great day to do that, to, to call upon the name of the Lord Jesus to be saved and be baptized for the remission of your sins as we've been studying here in the book of Acts and you see these examples, that's exactly what they did. There, there, there's, there's no magical equation. There's, there, there's, there's no money to be spent. It, it, Jesus has paid the price for you. And that's the greatest love. Jesus said, no, no greater love has no man than this, that he would lay down his life for, my, for his friends. And you are my friends if you do whatever I command you. And He loves you despite what you've done, what I've done. He loves us. And He loves us so much that He would die on the cross for our sins and that He would be resurrected on the third day. And so what I want to do today is we're going to start the book of Acts in in chapter 8. And it's going to probably take three podcasts to to get through this chapter because this chapter is just jam-packed with a lot of good stuff. And, and I, w- I just want to hit the rewind button just for a minute. And I want to talk about what has gone on up until this point because it flows right in. You're going to see an escalation of, of how uh, things just, the, the, Satan just puts pressure on the church to the point that where the church just 
explodes and it goes and moves out of Jerusalem and on to other places, just like Jesus said it would do. Um, in Acts chapter 1, we, we saw Jesus ascend into heaven where he sat down at the right hand of the Father it, 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 to a place of authority. But before he left, there was 11 disciples left at this time because if you remember, Judas went out and hung himself after he betrayed Jesus. So there's 11 left, and this is before they that added on Matthias there at the end of Acts chapter 1. But Jesus told his disciples before he ascended, he said, I want you to go back to Jerusalem and I want you to wait for the promise of the Father. And then in Acts chapter 2 we read where the Holy Spirit falls on them and they begin to speak in other tongues. And Matthias has joined them at this point. So there's 12, uh, they were called disciples at first, followers of Jesus. Now they are apostles. They have been given a certain commission by Jesus. Go and make disciples of all nations. Uh, teaching them, baptizing them in my name, teaching them to do whatsoever I command. And so now they are apostles and, and they have this mission and they are taking over the, uh, um, I don't want to say the business, but they are starting the church and they are taking over the church. They're taking over where Jesus left off. Jesus has ascended back to the Father. He sent down the Holy Spirit. And now these 12 men are in charge of the kingdom of of God. And here in Acts chapter 2, when the Holy Spirit falls on them and they're speaking in tongues, it, it creates a commotion because people hear what's going on. And, and, and so these crowds begin to gather around and Peter takes advantage of, uh, of the situation and he starts to explain to these crowds that this was what uh, the prophet Joel had talked about long ago. And this, he says, you're seeing this fulfilled before your very eyes. And, and, and he begins to tell them how uh, they have crucified the very Messiah that they have been looking for for so long of a time. And he says that God had raised, he said, you crucified Jesus, but God has raised him up. And after being convicted of what they had done, Peter tells them what they need to do to be forgiven. And about 3,000, Luke says, about 3,000 people received the message and they were obedient and the church in Acts chapter 2 begins. And since Jesus is gone, now the, the disciples, like I said, they're called now called apostles. They're in charge and they spend their time sharing Jesus with people with because people, just crowds of people just keep gathering to hear their message and they're working miracles to back up their message, and, and, and it just gets people's attention. And people are just they're, they're uh, being obedient uh, by the groves. People are giving their lives to Jesus, and so uh, they're going to a prayer meeting one day, and there lays a, a lame man who has never walked a day in his life, and he's over forty years old, and 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 he's asks them for some money and Peter reaches out his hand and takes the man's arm and he says silver and gold have a none but such I have I give to you in, in the name of Jesus Christ rise up and walk the man just instantly just jumps up to his feet begins to walk and as he begins to walk he starts leaping and praising God and, and, and people see what's going on and, and they go to the temple and, the, and so these crowds begin to gather in the temple and they're listening to Peter's message and they see this lame man who has never walked in over 40 years and now he's walking, he's leaping, he's praising God. 
And so uh, it gets the attention of the temple guards and the religious leaders. And so they arrest Peter and John and question them, and they tell them, you can't preach or teach in, in the name of Jesus anymore. You know, we've already crucified Jesus. We've already gotten rid of him. Th that's an afterthought. Don't even do this anymore. But guess what they do? They preach and they teach in the name of Jesus, and they continue to heal people, and they continue to baptize people in the name of Jesus because the church continually, to, continually grows on a daily basis. And so uh, they're, uh, they, they go back to the temple, they preach Jesus again, they're healing people, and they're arrested again. And this time, they're flogged, and they're, they're, they're beaten with 39 uh, whippings. And they're told not to preach or teach in the name of Jesus, but guess what they do? They go right back to the temple, and they preach Jesus. They work miracles in the name of Jesus. People are still giving their lives to Jesus, and so they are arrested again. But this time, the Sanhedrin, which is the governing body of, of Israel at the time, they, they wanted to kill these apostles. They, they're, they're just sick of it. They want to get rid of this situation, what they see as a problem. And so th they want to kill them. But while they, are in, they have these apostles in jail, uh, an angel comes down and helps the apostles escape and, it, and the angel says go right back to the temple and do your thing and so that's exactly what they do they go right back to the temple they preach jesus they they work miracles they're baptizing people the church is continually growing and then the next thing you know they're arrested again and and they're brought before the Sanhedrin and Gamaliel says, look, this, this is from God. If this is from God, you're not going to be able to stop it. And basically what you're doing is fighting against God. You're just going to have to weather the storm and see what happens. And so uh, I, I'm reviewing all these things just because I want you to see how God kept his promises to the disciples and how he kept his promises to the people how even after Jesus left, God was still giving hope through the apostles, through the Holy Spirit working through the apostles. That's why I always say that, that this, is a, it, this is a book of Acts. But it, it's really, the, it's not the Acts of the apostles. It's the Acts of the Holy Spirit through the apostles. And, and I want you also to see how the church prospered even as persecution was growing stronger and stronger. And that's why I want to review all this. And, and, and to continue, I want you to see how the people who that were supposed to be representing God, the religious leaders of, of the day, and they were supposed to be examples of God to the people, they had killed God himself. They killed Jesus. They didn't have, want to have anything to do with the Messiah that they had been looking for because they thought he was a blasphemer. They thought he had a demon. They did not believe that he was the Messiah. And they had killed Jesus, and now they're trying to fight against God. And as the church continues to grow, so does their jealousy and their hatred. And in Acts chapter 7, we see persecution at its, at its worst. That's what we just talked about in the last podcast, because we talked about Stephen being stoned to death and how he had been invited to a, a debate or a, a Bible study, if you will, by some Jews. And when they couldn't hang with Stephen or they couldn't hang with the Holy Spirit that was speaking through Stephen, 
they, they, they got angry. They were jealous of him. And so they go to the Sanhedrin, the same people who crucified Jesus, the same men who wanted to kill the other apostles. And, and Stephen's just an ordinary dude who's filled with the Holy Spirit. And, and, and he's out there preaching Jesus. And he's working miracles to back up the message that he's proclaiming, right? And so these, these men who couldn't hang in the Bible study, they go to the Sanhedrin and, and they... Come up, they, they come up with some lies about Stephen. And so Stephen is called in for questioning by the Sanhedrin, and they didn't like his answers. And, and by the time uh, the, you get to the end of Acts chapter 7, uh, you see the religious leaders are literally stopping up their ears with their hands. They're gnashing their teeth. They're so mad, and they start screaming, ah, because they don't want to hear the words that Stephen has to say, because he told them the same thing. He said, you crucified Jesus. The apostles have already told them this several times. Peter and John have already told them this, and they, and they don't want to hear it. And so they pick up stones, and they, be, they, they, well, they, they drag Stephen outside of the city, because, you know, we don't want to tank the city. But then they pick up stones, and they begin to stone Stephen, and, and he looks up and he sees Jesus standing at the right hand of the Father, and when he tells them that, that just sealed his fate. They pick up bigger stones and they finish him off and they kill him. And Stephen becomes the first martyr for Jesus. And unfortunately, it's going to get worse. And we're going to look at that here in Acts chapter 8 when we come back from break. Somebody else lost their board and know who it was. The board, out, 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 blank, right on my shoulders. So... We begin Acts chapter 8, and we're introduced to a man who wrote two-thirds of the New Testament and was one of, if not the greatest missionaries of all time. He started many churches, and he gave his heart and his soul for the sake of the kingdom of God. He was beaten many times. He was stoned and eventually gave his life for the gospel's sake. But before Paul became Paul... Before he ever became a Christ follower, and before he was ever filled with the Holy Spirit, his name was Saul, and he was a God follower full of hate for people who followed Jesus. Yes, he was a God follower, and we'll look at that uh, a little bit more closely here in just a minute. We are introduced to him at the stoning of Stephen, actually, in Acts chapter 8, because it, Acts chapter, the end of Acts chapter 7 flows right on in to Acts chapter 8, verses 1 through 3. And it says, Saul was one of the witnesses, and he agreed completely with the killing of Stephen. A great wave of persecution began that day, sweeping over the church in Jerusalem. And all the believers except the apostles were scattered throughout the regions of Judea and Samaria. Some devout men came and buried Stephen with great mourning. But Saul was going everywhere to destroy the church. He went from house to house, dragging out both men and women to throw them into prison. I want to take you back for a minute, back to Acts chapter 1. As Jesus was having that discussion with his disciples before he ascends to the Father and sits at the right hand, and in that conversation with the disciples, they want to know when God is going to restore the power back to Israel. They want to be top dog. They want to be out from underneath this Roman oppression and so jesus said oh you want some power i'm going to give you some power you're going to get the power but it's not the kind of power 
that you think. You just hang out in Jerusalem for a little bit, for several days or a few days, and you wait for the promise of my Father that, that I told you about, and you're going to have power. And when you receive it, you're going to be my witnesses telling people about me everywhere. Get this. Jesus says, you're going to tell people about me in Jerusalem, throughout Judea, in Samaria, and to the ends of the earth. Now, at this, at this point in time, the apostles are preaching in Jerusalem only, and the church is only in Jerusalem. Now, there may be a few from Pentecost that went back and, you know, went back to their homes and, and, and shared what they, the message that they heard and, 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 and what the apostles were doing. But for the greatest part, the church at this time is localized in Jerusalem, with the temple being the gathering spot because it, it had, you know, it had the large lawn big enough for people to gather. And they were also meeting in people's homes as well. But what Jesus told them is, is, is about to begin. The gospel is about to leave Jerusalem and spread throughout the world. And it happens exactly in the same order as Jesus has said. Because of persecution, the church spread like a wildfire. The religious leaders were trying to extinguish the fire, right? They were trying to put it, we, we want to put an end to this. We, we killed Jesus. We, we, we got Peter and John. We want to get rid of them. We want to kill them. We got all these apostles. We want to kill them. We, we just need to extinguish this. Get rid of this once and for all. They were trying to extinguish the fire, but what they ended up doing was being the catalyst that spread the fire. In verse 3, it says that, But Saul was going everywhere to destroy the church. He went from house to house, dragging both men and women uh, to throw them into prison. You know who gave him the, the authority to do that? The Sanhedrin, the Pharisees. The governing authorities in Jerusalem thought they could extinguish the fire, the church. So they go from house to house gathering Christ followers and they're putting them in jail, killing many of them. However, instead of extinguishing the fire, they actually became the catalyst, like I said, that spread the fire, the church. Because of their persecution, the church spread from Jerusalem to the rest of the world, just like Jesus said it would. Now, think about that for a minute. People were losing their lives. Families were being torn apart. Children are losing their parents. Families are losing their loved ones, grandma and grandpa, aunts and uncles, sisters, brothers, cousins. And yet, this only fueled the fire. You see, I, I know you've been through a lot of crap. Let that, let, let that stuff, let that crap that you've been through be a catalyst in your life and use it to spread the message of Jesus Christ. Use that crap that God has brought you through to give other people hope. Don't let it discourage you. Don't let it keep you down. Don't let it isolate you. Far too many people are discouraged. And, and, I, and, 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 and we draw back into isolation. I've been there. I've done that. Don't, don't be that way. Let this crap that you've been through and you experienced, that God has brought you through, let it be a catalyst not to extinguish the fire, but a catalyst to 
spread the fire, to spread this message of hope, this message about Jesus Christ and what He's done in your life. Let people know how God has helped you through those situations that you have faced, those life challenges, and spread the message of hope because, as I've said many times before, hope has a name, and His name is Jesus. So Saul later called Paul. He changes his name somewhere down the down the road when he becomes a Christian. He tells his readers that he was the worst of sinners. Listen to this. In, in 1 Timothy 1.15, Paul says, This is a trustworthy saying, and everyone should accept it. Christ Jesus came into the, into the world to save sinners, and I am the worst of them of all. He gives his resume in Philippians 3, 5-7. Listen to this. He says, I was circumcised when I was eight days old. I am a pure-blooded citizen of Israel and a member of the tribe of Benjamin, a real Hebrew if there ever was one. I was a member of the Pharisees who demanded the strictest obedience to Jewish law. I was so zealous that I harshly persecuted the church. And as for righteousness, I obeyed the law without fault. But Paul, even with that background and that resume, Paul says he was the worst sinner of all. You see, Saul was a very powerful man in Jerusalem. Any Jewish boy, even some Jewish men, would love to have his resume, resume, this pedigree, and be in his position. People, for whatever reason, they desire prestige and power, and Paul had it. That's why he's there at the stoning of Stephen, and they are laying their garments down at the feet of this man named Saul. He had the power. He had the prestige. He had the position. You know, and people today, people in our day, they do all kinds of crazy things to seek recognition and to be noticed. I mean, if you have TikTok, I mean, just watch it. You, you'll be amazed at what people do uh, just to get some, to get noticed, you know, and hope that it goes viral, you know, because we want people to notice us. And Saul had it made among his people. He had the money. He had power. You know, so many things that we seek after today. He had it all. And, and Saul thought, he literally thought that he was doing God a favor. He thought that he was serving God, and he was so, uh, in, in his words, zealous. He was just just so into it, to what he was doing for God, that he, he thought he was doing God's will, but in reality, he was doing the opposite. He was, he was murdering God. Christians, because these men and women that he is dragging out of their house and putting in, in, them in prison, many of them died for their faith. And there's, there's no telling uh, how many Christ followers were killed, because the Bible doesn't say when, when they were dragged out of their homes and away from their families, and that when they were put into these prisons, and this is not you know no five-star hotel, this is nasty prisons with animals, rats, you know, buzz everywhere, just nasty. And 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 so the it even talks uh it talks about Paul uh when he says he said that he demanded the strictest obedience to the Jewish law. Now think about this. If he he demanded the strictest obedience to the Jewish law, law yet we just read that he completely agreed 
with the stoning of Stephen. Stephen did nothing wrong. The only thing Stephen is guilty of is raising his four daughters along with his wife. And, and, and they're, they're basically missionaries. They're going around telling people about Jesus and he's working miracles to back up his message. That's the only thing Stephen is guilty of. And yet here is this man who thinks he is doing God's will and he's zealous about God's law and, and doing the things of God that he kills an innocent man. And like I said, there's no telling how many Christians were killed when they were dragged out of their homes and put in prison. Innocent people were dying at the hands of this man named Saul. And today, there, there, there's so many people in thinking about Saul and him thinking he's doing God's will. He's, he says, I'm zealous. I was zealous for God, doing God's will for the law, doing, doing, you know, keeping strict obedience to the law. And, and I, I think about people today who they, they believe they're doing God's will and yet they're, they're being deceived. Now, oh, sure, they, they, they aren't going around dragging Christians from their homes and they're, they're not throwing, they're not picking up stones and literally throwing stones to murder someone. But so many people claim to love God, he, you know, just like Saul. He he loved God. He 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 served God. He he had dedicated his life to serving God. But just like Saul, they may be zealous. They may be passionate about God, yet their lives don't look anything like. Jesus. And I want to read this passage in James chapter 1. And we're going to close out this podcast and we're going to come back in the next podcast with this passage. And we're going to break this idea down. We're going to unpack it some more. But in James 1, 19 through 26, James says, Understand this, my dear brothers and sisters. He's talking to Christians. You must all be quick to listen and slow to speak and slow to get angry. Human anger does not produce the righteousness God desires. So get rid of all the filth and evil in your lives and humbly accept the word that God has planted in your hearts. For it has the power to save your souls. But don't just listen to God's word. You must do what it says. Otherwise you are only fooling yourselves. For if you listen to the word and don't obey it, it's like glancing in, in glancing at a, your face in a mirror and you see yourself and you walk away and you forget what you look like. But if you look carefully into the perfect law that sets you free, and if you do what it says and don't forget what you have heard, then God will bless you for doing it. If you claim to be religious but don't control your tongue, you are fooling yourself and your religion is worthless. Your religion is worthless. And then he says in verse 27, Pure and genuine religion in the sight of God the Father means caring for orphans and widows in their distress and refusing to let the world corrupt you. I want to end this podcast by asking this. Are you doing the will of God? Are you sure you are doing the will of God? And when I, what I mean when I say that is, are you reading 
God's word so that you can know how God wants you to live and what he wants you to do for his kingdom. And that's produce fruit. Don't be deceived. Don't be like Saul and think you are doing God's will when you're actually not doing God's will. Pray, let's see, read, pray, and ask God, am I doing your will? And if not, show me what your will is. And again, like I said, it's, it's, it's the day before Good Friday, and tomorrow Jesus dies on the cross for our sins, but Sundays are coming, and He's raised uh, to, to life again, and He gives us the hope. And, and I just want to reiterate, if you've never given your life to Jesus Christ, I pray that you would do so before it's everlastingly too late. He loves you, He died for you, and He wants you to be saved so that you can be with Him in heaven for eternity. God bless you. Thank you for listening to the Grind It Podcast today. You can send any questions or comments to grinditpodcast at gmail.com. Please join us next time, and when a challenge comes your way, just grind it. Been grinding all my life, sacrifice, hustle, pay the price, want a slice, got to roll the dice, that's why all my life, I've been grinding all my life, love.